Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Third Down Sports Podcast. I am your host, Henry. In this podcast, I dive into everything sports, answering questions, keeping you up to date. We do everything with sports. So coming up in today's episode, we have a bunch of awesome stuff to get into. First off, we're going to do like like what we do on every Monday podcast. We're basically just going to recap the week 14 in the NFL, big takeaways, what we've learned, what I picked up on, all of that good stuff. After that, we're going to hop into our NBA predictions. This is including the awards, like MVP, defensive player. Then I'm going to get into who's going to like take the championship. Is Yeah, so just our predictions for NBA upcoming season, which is going to be awesome. And then we're going to get into our top five teams in the NFL as of right now and why. And then straight after that, we're going to get into grading our week 14 teams. So we have some awesome stuff coming up in today's podcast. But before we get into anything, we have a sponsor for today's episode. And I'm super duper excited about this sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. If you enjoy our show and are looking to buy a New Jersey sweatshirt or hat, you can support us by going to podgo.com. Co slash fanatics and getting 25% off your next order. That's podgo.co slash fanatics. Fanatics is officially licensed everything, and there will be a link down in the description, so make sure you click that. So thank you for to Fanatics for sponsoring today's episode. So we're gonna move on to today's podcast. So starting us off, we're gonna get into our recapping week 14. And I think what the biggest takeaway is the Pittsburgh Steelers are really not who we thought they were. It was just two weeks ago when the Pittsburgh Steelers were undefeated. Just think of that. Two weeks ago, they had an 11-0 record, and it seemed like they were just like untouchable. And really, I, I had them maybe at a Super Bowl favorite. If them and the Chiefs, I mean, they were definitely in top five, top three for a Super Bowl favorite. I mean... Given that 9 of the 12 teams to go 11-0 in a single season in the Super Bowl era went on to play that year's final game, the Super Bowl. But numerous signs told us that the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, their team is just maybe a little bit overrated, specifically at the quarterback position. Their Week 13 and 14 losses to Washington and Buffalo, that showed a lot of what this team truly is, I think. And... Ah, even before we went into the season, I was I was a little concerned. I, we all knew that their defense was going to be good. I I've always said that their defense could like this is a once in a generation defense. Their defense is unstoppable. But even going into the season, I knew the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to be be really good. But I was a little concerned with their offense and quarterback position the entire time. During the team's 11th, 11 game winning streak, Ben Rossenberger ranked 17th in the NFL in passing grade, and the passing offense ranked 20th in percent of pass plays to generate positive expected points added. This passing offense success was predicted on throws and yards after the catch. There's never ever, well, not never ever, there was barely any explosive plays deep down the field where where he would just chuck a deep a deep bomb and there's and it was a relatively easy schedule that also i think really helped him if you go back and look at their schedule it's really like they weren't going against any insane teams here and i think that factored in why they were 11 and 0 that's not saying that they aren't like a great team they are a great team it's just not sustainable it's just not a sustainable way to win long term. They would, especially going into the playoffs when they're actually going to be going against like insanely good teams. It's going to be a little interesting to see how that will play out. 
again, you, they gotta throw the ball deep down the field. These little check down passes that they're doing are just kind of driving me crazy a little bit. And back to like the teams that they're going against. They're not going to do good against a good team in the playoffs, which they are going to the playoffs. They're not going to do they're not going to do well against a good team such as the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills, both in the AFC. And we saw what happened against the Buffalo Bills. They lost to them on Sunday night. This is the team that they lost to. Like, an actual solid team they lost to. And then they also lost to Washington. I don't know how that really happened. But we. this was not a surprise them losing to Buffalo. And then they're not... I can guarantee you they're not going to be the team like the Chiefs or another good AFC team. Like, like, like they're not... Like, it's just not going to happen. Because it's just... It's, it's not. They're just not capable of beating an actual good team. And, yes, I know that's bold. But I really just believe that they're not... They're not there yet. Ben Roethlisberger's 53.4 passing grade in week 14 ranked fifth, fifth worst among quarterbacks, and he led the Steelers to the fifth least effective passing offense against Buffalo. So it's no wonder they lost. It's crazy. When targeting past the sticks, Big Ben went 5 of 13 for 61 yards with a couple of interceptions. Like, what? Half of those passes were inaccurate according to PFF's ball charting process, and that is no different from what we have seen all season, really. Among 29 quarterbacks with 100 thrones past the sticks this year, Ben Roethlisberger is 6th to last in the percentage of uncatchable passes thrown. Again, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a great team, don't get me wrong, their defense is the same, but Big Ben and this offense cannot, get, cannot come out on top of a team like a good AFC team like the Chiefs or the Bills come playoff time and if they can't beat the Bills now they're not going to beat them in the playoffs as of now it just seems unlikely that they're going to go all the way to the Super Bowl uh, again and, and be able to beat because they are eventually going to have to probably go against a good AFC team like the Bills or the Chiefs and they're just not going to be able to get it done they're just not so we have to move on now I was going to do a little bit more of recapping week, week 14, but that took a long time for me to get... I just had to get that out there. But we're going to move on to our NBA predictions. I'm excited about this because I have been working on this for a while. So we got our MVP, our Defensive Player of the Year. We have our Rookie Player of the Year. We have Most Improved of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, and a bunch more. So let's get into it, starting with the big one, Most Valuable Player of the Year. And I am going to have to go Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. So, yes, I have bet against Giannis for the past two years. In the past two years, he's gotten MVP. Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, and Larry Bird are the only players in NBA history to win award in three consecutive years. And there's going to be a lot of votes, I'm guessing, for Giannis. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going against Giannis again. Hopefully it does not backfire on me. I remember I did my NBA predictions a, wa a ways back. And I did not go Giannis for MVP. I remember I went LeBron MVP. And I was going to say I'm not going to make this mistake again. Hopefully I'm not. But I'm not going Giannis again. I just can't see him getting three years in a row. But going, to, going back to Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard 
is a bit of a long shot according to like the statistics and the odds but he just posts monster numbers and i know i'm not really making a great case that damian will win the mvp but really it comes down to a gut thing i just have a gut thing that damian lillard is gonna win the mvp this year and if Giannis wins it Giannis wins it if lebron wins it if someone else wins it then that's what happens but i really just have a gut feeling that damian lillard is gonna pick up pick up right where he left off last year and he is going to come come back and just right right where he left off last year and just in the playoffs right where he left off in the playoffs and just come back dropping bombs and putting this portland team on his back i know i'm not making a great case i just have a gut feeling and yeah i just think damien's gonna win it i really do I'm also considering Luka, Luka Doncic. I am considering him as well. I put I put him in there for sure going into the season. I think he will definitely have a breakout year. Not that he hasn't been doing. I just think he, he this will be one of the biggest years of his career coming up. Mark my words on that. So moving on to Defensive Player of the Year. This one is I'm gonna give it to Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers. Basically, I <sighs> Anthony Davis. He's just a defensive machine, and he he's always in there, and I felt that he kind of got robbed from last year's Defensive Player of the Year when Giannis won it in 2020. I feel like he kind of got robbed, robbed uh, by that. I mean, he really helped the Lakers, especially on defense, as long as the Lakers don't go too easy on Anthony Davis' minutes after a quick turnaround. Look for him to benefit. I feel like he's going to get a lot of votes this year. And I bet Giannis will get a lot of votes for the Defensive Player of the Year as well. But again, I'm not making a really good case for this. It really comes down to a gut feeling. And that's what it's always going to come down to for these predictions. Because we, have, like, we haven't seen them play yet. But yeah, Defensive Player of the Year is going to go to Anthony Davis. Rookie of the Year. This one is interesting. I have considered many. I've considered James Wiseman. I've considered Anthony Edwards. But I ended up going Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks. This year's rookie class is nowhere near short of incredible players with with a great potential, great futures in the NBA, and all-around pure talent. I mean, this rookie class was was insane. I mean, Anthony Edwards, it was just packed. Um, but the 2020, uh, 2021 Rookie of the Year is going to go to the 22-year-old Toppin. I just think he is the most obvious choice for this. I just I feel like he is going to turn this Knicks team around, and he's going to be the future of this franchise. Yes, that is bold, I know. But he is just a great offensive scorer. That jump shot he has is so pure. And I think he will definitely turn this Knicks franchise around. They really... <laughs> the Knicks franchise needs something and i think i think this kid can can will get it done for them i just think he will another gut feeling but yeah moving on to most improved player of the year i'm gonna go michael porter jr of the denver nuggets michael porter jr is 22 he is still very young and i think he is just the most obvious choice for this either him or i seriously seriously can uh considered kevin durant definitely keep kevin durant in mind i would not be surprised at all if kevin durant gets most improved player of the year also consider zion williamson 
everyone's saying if he stays healthy, he could he could he could have an insane year. And also consider Chris Paul. But yeah, a lot of lot of um a lot of considering for this one, but I had to go Michael Porter Jr. of the Denver Nuggets. At first, he's coming off of a rookie season, which was very good. I mean, he had 9.3 points and 4.7 rebounds per game. And I think he had a a little bit of a limited role. I feel like they didn't use I feel like the Nuggets didn't really use him to his full potential, and I think they're just going to like let him run free this year. And I uh I think he has the offensive skills and confidence to emerge as like a third score for the Denver Nuggets, of course behind Jokic and Jamal Murray. But yeah, so I think he's going to be like this third like threat, and I think that this is going to be huge for the Nuggets because I think uh I mean last year we could all see that he has talent like like he he let us know like he he's got talent and he can he can really do something but I think he they're gonna actually like use him to his full potential this year and it's really gonna be big for this Nuggets team and I would definitely consider this Nuggets team as a legit contender but we're gonna get into our our uh, playoff predictions in a second. Well, we're moving on to sixth man of the year, and this is going to go to Dennis Schroeder of the Los Angeles Lakers. Remember, he did get traded to LA from OKC. So, with the Lakers, it's this is kind of interesting because coming from OKC, LA needs he they need Schroeder and LeBron James to ensure that there's always going to be a lead ball handler on the court. If Frank Vogel takes that approach and limits James's workload, then Schroeder is going to be right there to get plenty of regular season repetitions and just time with the ball and time on the court, while also benefiting from LA's big stage. Keep that in mind. After finishing second to Mancha's hair last year, Schroeder has got to be first in line this year for sixth man of the year. He was right there, right behind Mantra's Harrell last year. And I thought he was going to get it last year, but he he ended up not getting it. They gave it to Mantra's Harrell, so he's got to be the first one in line to get it this year. I just, he's got to. So, I think that's an obvious one for Dennis Shooter. I, didn't, I really didn't consider anybody else. Um, I just think Dennis Shooter is definitely going to get this one. So, we're moving on to our last award, and that is going to be Coach of the Year. This one was kind of hard. Because I always struggle giving a coach of the year, but I am going to go ahead and just, I'm not really confident about this one, but I'm going to go ahead and get it to Boston's Brad Stevens. Um, I think the rising Celtics win the East as Brad Stevens as head coach, and then without Gordon Hayward, and then a new Portland Terry Scotts coming to uh, the Celtics. I think if it's many... It's got many new pieces, and I think they're all going to fall into place for Boston. I think Boston's also going to be a legit contender this year. They, they had a very good year last year, just fell short. But I think they would definitely win the East. Um, so, yeah, Brad Stevens, uh, Coach of the Year, and Celtics definitely going to have a good year. But moving on to our predictions, and I'm just realizing now that we are a little bit tight on time. So we're just going to do our Western Conference playoff predictions. So it's going to be just kind of be like a Western Conference power rankings. But coming out at number one, we're of course kind of obvious going to have the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, the reigning champions, uh, the reigning champions, L.A. Lakers, are. I mean, I think they definitely are enjoying a successful offseason to to this point. They've added a lot of depth by trading for Dennis Schroeder. Of course, that was huge. And then the signing of six-man of the year, Montrezl Harrell, from last year's six-man of the year. 
And and then in in the probably the most shocking move in the off season, at least one of them, um, was them getting Montrezl Harrell. Although they did lose a couple few uh, key pieces pieces including Montrez Harrell and Dwight Howard those two guys are actually very very important to this team I feel and I feel like, I think that hurts them a little bit the team got younger and more versatile when they added another layer to their depth though and then of course as LeBron James tallies his 18th season under his belt it's anyone's guess when he will take a step towards slowing down and just kind of stepping down off the throne it doesn't really look like it's coming soon Coming off of a fourth NBA championship, uh, LeBron James, I think he is satisfied, and he will definitely resume. Uh, he's approaching 36. I mean, he's got to slow down eventually, but not this year. Uh, he's not slowing down this year. Um, while LeBron may take a few nights off during, like, I mean, like load management this season, you gotta, th- you gotta consider that. I mean. Just think of the the workload he's going to be getting. He, I, I definitely would assume that that they would kind of do kind of like uh, what the Clippers did last season when they when they rested Kawhi Leonard a couple games. I would not be surprised if they did that because just just consider the workload that's going to be coming down. So yeah, Los Angeles Clippers number one. Moving on to number two. This one's kind of bold, and I'm going to go Portland Trailblazers. I think that this is probably the boldest prediction of the 2021 Western Conference predictions for today's podcast. I mean, number two, Portland Trailblazers. Last season, the Portland Trailblazers were on the, like, they were right on the line of missing the playoffs altogether. I mean, they were close. <laughs> if it hadn't been for Damian Lillard's just insane performance in the bubble, they probably would have missed it. But the Blazers are, are definitely enjoying themselves through a very strong offseason. Adding weapons in just about every department. The team got Trevor Ariza for Robert Cummington. That was a huge trade. That was a, just a massive upgrade for the team's front court. And yeah, just huge for them. The team also traded for Enz Cantor and got a small salary of just $5 million per year. Providing them some rebounding off the bench and saving them a good bit of money. Portland also signed big man Harry Giles. Who who is I think he's actually very good and he will also get down there down low that will be good to like dish down to him and he can definitely put up some good points but yeah very bold here putting Blazers at second in the Western Conference and I think what's even bolder than having them at second uh, second is moving down to number three is putting the Blazers above the Los Angeles Clippers who I have at number three. Very few teams in the Western Conference are going to be tougher to judge in 2021 than this LA's Clippers team. The team disappointed greatly in 2020, and their offense to this point has been a just a drastic like roller coaster, up and down and up and down. The team parted ways with Doc Rivers and hired Tara Lu as their new head coach, which may allow stars including Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, to play through their strengths more, which is overall a plus for the team. The Clippers the Clippers did lose Montrez Harrell, but they got Serge Ibaka for him. Leonard's, uh, Kawhi Leonard's former teammate in that uh, Toronto Raptors, their little uh, couple years little dynasty there. So that will be a good meeting up for them, and they definitely have a good backstory there back in 2019 getting that championship and I think overall they had a decent offseason I feel like they could have done a little bit more but really 
when you think about it, like, th you think that they would try to add a little bit more weapons, but when they think about it, they already have a ton of great weapons and players on, like, there's, their roster is just overall loaded. But moving on to number four, and this is going to go to Denver Nuggets. While many would probably like to move the Denver Nuggets up in the Western Conference in 2020, the team may just lack the, the like, the star power that is necessary for that to happen. Again, I was talking about how 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 um uh, Michael Porter Jr. will be a will be have a great year, and I still believe he will. And also Jamal Murray emerging as a breakout star in the bubble last year. His offense his his offensive output was a marvel to behold. As it propelled the team to the Western Conference Finals, but it wasn't enough to surpass the Lakers. They did upset the Clippers, which was huge. But the Nuggets lost a a very important piece in Jamari Grant as he signed with the Detroit Pistons this offseason, seeking out a bigger role with more money. That void could definitely be filled, and then some. If Michael Porter Jr. can take another leap in his second NBA season, like like I was saying earlier, which I think he will if he just can't take that leap, the Nuggets may just have one of the most stacked teams. I mean, just think that will be three stars there in, with Nicole Jokic, Murray, and Porter. That's going to be a dynamic trio. Denver also added another young piece in hopes of rounding out their young core by drafting RJ Hampton in his years in in his years at college. Great, not not insane, but but really good. So that will add another very young player. Th I mean, with Murray, Porter, and RJ Hampton, like, these are some young weapons right here. The Nuggets definitely have a bright future, but they are still staying at fourth for right now. So coming at number five, this is going to go to the Dallas Mavericks. While many may see this as a surprise, I do not want to disrespect Luka by, doing, by putting them at fifth, because I think Luka is going to have an insane year. And I think he's gonna just have, he's just gonna pop off this year. Well, but the, the problem is, while the, te while the team might, while the team was not the most talented as, like, just all together, like, the, as, like, a whole, Lou Dodge just was largely responsible for the team, pr uh, producing one of the most efficient offensive outputs from a team in NBA history last season. The Dallas Mavericks didn't make much noise in the offseason, which I think is going to have an effect. But a couple, one of the things that they did do was they added sharpshooter Josh Green in the NBA draft, as well as Terrell Terry, who will provide some added depth in this point guard position. But really, the, the way that the rest of the teams in the West have done this offseason, the Dallas Mavericks really haven't done what I've been hoping that they would, and that's why I'm feeling that I'm going to put them down at fifth. Doncic helped elevate their roster last season, and I mean, they always do have big man Kristaps Porzingis. He enjoyed his strongest season since his return from an injury, and the team's role players were able to, to really harness their, their skill set while Doncic carried much of the load. If Dallas was able to secure a fifth seed in the Western Conference or higher, it might it might actually boost up Luka Doncic's MVP odds for the 21-21 season, which I was saying earlier, I did consider him for MVP. Um, so that is all the time we have for our Western Conference um, 
Playoff predictions, yes, I know that there's more slots than five. I know that. We're very tight on time right now if we want to get to our top five teams in, in the NFL and grading teams. So we're just going to try to fly through our top five teams in the NFL and why. So we're going to start with number one and work our way up to five. So starting off, number one is actually going to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. But let me get something straight. Just out of the get-go, Kansas City's defense is not on the same tier as the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Patrick Mahomes and company can easily exploit Pittsburgh's defense with Mahomes running away from the from with an with the NFL MVP and Kansas City's pass rush uh, just doing its thing expect the Chiefs to dominate going forward and after a huge win over the Dolphins this is gonna help them and then another huge loss when Pittsburgh lost this could secure them it doesn't secure them but this could be big for them if they get this first round bye gotta keep that in mind um, so moving on to number two, we're going to have the New Orleans Saints. And this was actually the team that I have winning the Super Bowl. And it was the team I had winning the, winning the Super Bowl before the season even started. It's not always pretty watching Taysom Hill play quarterback. And with Drew Brees out, it's what we've been seeing for the past couple of weeks. But life is good with a very solid record and Drew Brees nearing his return. We don't expect New Orleans to rush Drew Brees back at all. They definitely would want him to be 100% coming in. Fortunately, this team should roll, uh, just keep rolling on without him. And I think that everybody is kind of looking forward to this Week 15 matchup against Kansas City Chiefs. This should be a huge matchup, and could it be a Super Bowl preview? Maybe. We will have to find out in Week 15. So moving on to number 3, I'm going to have the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is having an MVP season. I definitely put him in top three for MVP race as of right now. Or put Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Derrick Henry. That's my top three right now. So this is th like this team is insane. However, this defense is still a problem, and we can't ignore the team is just like their defense is just like it's not horrible, but it's not great. Green Bay should win out the rest of the way, resulting in a 13-3 record, which is a very, very good record. It's still far to wonder how much better this team could be if they devoted their 2020 draft picks to improve their defense instead of drafting a backup quarterback, which I'm like, well, why? Why the, Why would you even do that? So coming at number four, and this might come as a surprise, it's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, but... After those two losses, I don't know if it's going to come as a huge surprise. And after that rant I had at the beginning of today's episode, it definitely shouldn't come as a huge surprise coming from me. The Steelers were rolling with an 11-0 record, but with the past two weeks ending in two straight losses, this is definitely should be worrisome to, to Pittsburgh. I mean, injuries with Devin Bush and Bud Debris, it definitely, definitely took a toll on this defense. And really, since Bud Debris is out, they've been losing. I don't know if it's a coincidence. I don't know if they're actually losing because of Bud Debris. I really don't. But that, like, it's coming after this ugly loss to Washington on Monday last week. And then another ugly loss against against Buffalo. They gotta do something with this offense and Ben Roethlisberger to turn this around. And they just gotta get something going offensively. Their defense can hold, can hold them, but... Th this this offense in Big Ben has got it. They got to do something because as of right now they are not looking good. But moving on to number five, and that is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Uh, just really, this team has no big problems. Josh Allen has rebounded, 
has rebounded from some from some uh, struggles earlier this season, and he is definitely a, an elite player and one of the top quarterbacks of the year. He is still in his third year, and he has now accounted for north of 3,700 total yards with 32 touchdowns and 8 interceptions in only 12 starts this season. This was only 12 starts. This was a couple weeks ago. But really, there's nothing. There's no big problems with this team. It's just that they're not as elite as some of the other teams that I've just mentioned. But anyway, that is going to do it for our top five teams in the NFL as of right now. And I wish we could get into grading teams, but we are unfortunately out of time. I was going to try to make this episode 28 minutes, and we are already a little bit above 28 minutes. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I will put social links down below and sponsorship down, uh, link down below. Make sure to follow us on instagram twitter subscribe to the youtube channel you gotta subscribe to the youtube channel also merch link will be down below make sure to go get some merch from slowdown sports merch and yeah i hope you guys enjoyed we're entertained kept up to date i'm henry peace out everybody